1: Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I am joined by Luke Irwin.
2: Hello, Wrestle Talk Universal Wrestle Talkers, the Wrestle Talk community. How are you, Oliver Davis? How did you find today's
1: show? I thought it was a good little show. We it was relatively condensed. I think we shaved ten minutes off of our usual hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raw and SmackDown post-SummerSlam editions, newsworthy, fun. Uh, Beach balls were the hot topic
2: That's what I was going to say Although we did shave off time of the overall uh, show itself We did probably spend more time talking about beach balls Than we did the actual wrestling and angles coming out of both Raw and Smackdown
1: Quite apt, though, for yes. uh, for what happened in the show. Well, absolutely, the yeah. The Beach Balls detracting from the wrestling.
2: And I also did a really good fantasy, if I do say so myself, a really good fantasy booking of what I'd like to see Dolph Ziggler do over on SmackDown. And oh, uh, bear in mind, listeners, <laughs> uh, you I do something fantastic in this episode. <laughs> I can't just, wait for you to, just to hear it. Stick <laughs> around and listen because yeah. it was pretty good. You also get to hear Ollie's phone at one point because Captain yeah. Professional over here didn't have it on, is on airplane it mode. It is on airplane mode, but I, I
1: believe that uh, voice activated technology is still functional because Mm. it it decided to look up the roman (laughs) because i was talking about roman Uh, reigns i don't know who that would be who's the definitive (laughs) roman is it someone new or is it like julius caesar (laughs) no it's definitely
2: reigns mate definitely reigns he is the definitive one so
1: let's quickly read out some itunes reviews from you very five star
2: itunes reviews
1: yeah well we haven't come across any there is one coming
2: up that we really can't read is there there's a little bit a we certainly shouldn't read I, I definitely don't agree with it what like a nasty one oh right okay
1: yeah well that's um, yeah I won't read out that bit yeah. I could read out the bits around it yeah this is a common YouTube comment I really wish it wasn't yeah yeah Well, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so uh, the first review from WWE Superfan13: Five stars! I love you guys so much! Your points of views are so unique and can't wait until you post another episode. Woo! Yeah. Thank you, WWE Superfan. Usually, the superfans of WWE do not enjoy us. No. Because we are slightly critical. Of the WWE product
2: yeah, and, we, and it's So I'm fu- glad you, you, you like it And it's funny as well because uh, the lads over at Gorilla Position, good good chaps You should definitely check out their podcast as well as ours um, They get flack From people who are overly negative On WWE because they're overly positive mm.
1: Yeah I think we've got a nice Spin, I'm for instance I'm very overly positive
2: on beach balls You're <laughs> not so much I think they're awful and I think That they need to stop
1: I didn't make a pop joke Oh. I was gonna say you got a good pop. Oh, oh I planned mate. that. Oh.
2: I thought of that yesterday. I thought I'll put that in the Wrestle oh, if only Impact on Pop could get those kind of uh. Uh, re- uh, reactions. Next that was nearly up, good.
1: We have Jared Conester, who says support dot, dot dot Wrestle Talk dot 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 dive. Mate. Ollie and Luke are my favourite people to listen to talk about wrestling. One British, two intelligent, three self-depreciating, wonderful. Whoa. Woo! Yeah, yeah, cheap hop uh,
2: To to satisfy number three, I don't think we're that good. <laughs> no, people do like someone said, tweet me today saying like we're the best podcast out. And I was like, yeah, I mean, we're all right. Like, yeah. Well, that's very kind of very insane, kind. Th- yeah. There is there are so- <laughs> Like in
1: the grander scheme of things, yeah. not just we're not just the. We're not even the best wrestling podcast. <laughs> <No.
2: laughs> <laughs> I would much rather listen to the Attitude Era podcast yeah. than us.
1: Like, And and, and Pritchard's really good. Pritchard. But we're
2: coming for you, Pritchard! Do you know, that, um, Conrad does another show. Um, with, with Tony Schiavone? Yeah, I just started yeah, listening yeah. to it today. Because I'm, I'm always really interested in WCW stories. Tony, I can't remember the name of the promotion, but
1: Tony Schiavone is coming back is to uh, do some independent... Show announcing Oh cool And he hasn't done anything since uh, Nitro folded That'd be amazing Yeah I used to love Shivani I used to have him. Anyway let's get into the show How are you doing Luke? I'm doing
2: well How are you? How are you? Have you recovered from SummerSlam?
1: I have You said to me uh, Because I put up my review afterwards hmm. My in four minutes review yes. Attempted four minutes You did and, well And I gave it a paw I gave SummerSlam a paw Then the results came in Because of course everyone can vote On what they think the, the quality of the show was, out of five. And most people went for core or avroge, which is three to
2: four out of five. I went for poor, which is two out of five. Mm. And you called me out on it well, this I, morning. I, I thought it was a bit harsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I'd have only really gone avroge, but I felt that on a show with a corking main event, two very good tag matches, two very good t- tag title matches, two good, uh, yeah, good women's matches... A, the best AJ Kevin Owens outing we've had so far, with some really fun interactions. With I thought they tied the Shame of Man stuff really well into the match. Mm-hmm. So with that, I don't think. I mean, really, like, the only bad things on the show were Cena Corbin, which was boring, Randy Rusev, Randy Rusev, which was just rubbish, and uh, Big Cass versus Big Show, which we all knew was going to be pantalons. And I I just don't feel that with all the good stuff. Even if some of the stuff was bad and you didn't like, I'm still mm-hmm. holding my coffee. Still apologise. Even if you um, didn't like some of the stuff on there, it was certainly not a poor show. I thought it was an average show.
1: So really, we're only splitting differences between one ratings point. So it's not a massive disagreement. uh, Well, I think
2: it is a massive disagreement, because I think that the show wasn't poor. And I think that giving it a poor rating is, uh, I I think, especially considering how much you loved that main event.
1: Are semantics playing a role in this? If I gave it two out of five
2: rather than three out of five, does that feel different? No, it still doesn't feel right, mate. I don't think it was a... A two out of five show. I also don't think it was a four out of five show, mm, which mm. some people clearly did. But then there were other people, and I, I was surprised at the, uh, the, the the backlash that you got for your poor review, considering that all the comments that we got during the night and after the show had finished were worst Summer Slam of all time, worst pay-per-view of the year, mm. rubbish show, only the main event was good. I was genuinely surprised that there were a lot of people in uh, the opposite camp to you.
1: Yeah, yeah so the... Uh I mean, just to defend myself, I, someone did tweet me and said, maybe you should re-watch SummerSlam. Because, <laughs> oh, mate, don't do that. Because you seemed pretty tired and grouchy. Because we did stay up to watch it live, which is something I don't usually do. I watch it in the morning. And you couldn't uh, sleep afterwards. And I couldn't sleep afterwards. I did I did all the reviews uh, immediately afterwards. But I, I, I do stand by my review. I'm not going to watch it again, because it's freaking six hours long. But when you say all those things, I hear the main event was spectacular really fantastic match i can't deny that but i can't think but but help but but can't think but help can't help but think if that wasn't the last match or if that last match wasn't so good would people come away you know if that was like in the middle of the card would people come away thinking was was this such a a solid summer slam because sometimes it is all about how you leave them. And the taste in people's mouths is the last thing that they ate. Dessert. dessert, The delicious chocolate tiramisu of Brock Lesnar being slammed through loads of tables. So I think actually, although I, I definitely do concede that my tiredness and grumpiness played into my rating of the show, uh, I still stand by it being a poor. Because if you include the SmackDown match, which was joint best match of the night for me, that means you have to include the two hours of pre-show. You can't <laughs> have it both ways. So that means it is a six-hour show. Five hours, five and a half hours, if you cut out all the social media lounge <laughs> stuff as well. Yeah. So that means you include the empty arena match for the tag, which is no good. The Akira Tozawa and Neville title change that happened six days previously. Baffling, that wasn't good. Then you've got the SmackDown one. That was incredible. Okay, okay but the match itself was good, though. But But sometimes the match itself... Just being
2: good or passable isn't enough. Like, you need stories surrounding it. Oh, yeah, you need all of that as well. But what I'm saying is that I think you can, you're just quick to very dismiss, like, just because you didn't like a finish, that you just instantly dismiss a match. Whereas, you know, for example, the uh, Jinder Nakamura match, of which I appear to be the only fan of, Mm. I would argue that I thought the match itself was quite good, but the finish was very poor. It had the best outcome, but the finish was really naff. Yeah. But I can still appreciate that a we got the best outcome and b we had a fairly decent start to begin with
1: maybe you're more forgiving than i am then i th- I,
2: I expect a lot more from wwe's second or third biggest show of the year i i would say and we, we talked about this um briefly when I, I got into the studio this afternoon that um it was because the sh- the set was exactly the same and because there was no pyro aside from the length it didn't feel like it was one of mm. the big four you know, okay. Other than the fact that all, like both Raw and SmackDown were on there, but there wasn't anything that made it feel like, oh man, that's a su- that, that's SummerSlam, like that's like what what's going to be our, our takeaway from SummerSlam in years to come? I, I tell you what else uh, probably plays into this
1: and definitely does mean you have to take in the events surrounding SummerSlam, the build, as it were. Most of these matches, gen- sometimes classic matches, feel good a lot of the time because of the build and because those matches are the payoff to a feud. Like you remember that. Oh, it's a definitive ending. What actually culminated at Summerslam? That is probably
2: the biggest issue with the show. Cena is
1: versus Corbin, because Cena's gone to Raw. That wasn't a good match. But that, Big like, Show versus Big cast. But like,
2: was that like a culmination? Was that something that we were really building to? Like, there wasn't weeks no. of build no. to the Cena Corbin match. That was that's my, that's my biggest complaint I had about mm. Summerslam. Is that the only real culmination we got on there was Dean and Seth tagging, and and winning the belts which I actually yes. felt should have come later down the line. I think there was more story to be told in them teaming together for the first time or teaming together for the first time in three years, not really three years, but, you know, in that mm. short space of time, uh, not winning the belts. There's more stories to be told there before they... Like, winning the belts should have been, like, the, the eventual goal.
1: I, I think there were three incredible matches spread very, very thin on the large piece of mouldy toast that was <laughs> SummerSlam like a, it it looked it looked off bread and i tried to save that bread by put it in the toaster still no good man no. That's that's some good butter that I'm spreading across it But it's too thin
2: No It's too thin and mouldy But just before we dive into uh, the Raw and Smackdown reviews I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, some of the NGW guys That I saw last night uh, down in Bognor Regis uh, mm. Just like, uh, it, it reminds me again That I uh, know we've got the UK Championships on the, the, the WWE Network Which features some amazing UK talent Pete, Don't Dun- you do a plug <laughs> We're not getting paid by the WWE Network No, but I'm just saying like How you- much is it, Luke? <laughs> it's, do you want to ta- No, no, no Yeah, when I was writing my script for this weekend's video I did realise that I, it sounded like I was plugging mm. the network but anyway um, like Pete Dunne apparently he was one of the most over people at uh, TakeOver because they, re- they recorded this coming Wednesday's show or tonight's show yeah. um, beforehand and Pete Dunne was one of the most over people in the entire night and there were lots of Bruiser weights and UK chants so like we've got some great guys there but actually here in the UK who haven't had their quote unquote shot at the big time um, are outstanding mm. Uh, Robbie X think is really is awesome. So and Jake McCluskey as well. I can never say that name. I've got a, a marble. Yeah, what is that? I've got marble mouth. Whenever I try to say Jake, Jake McCluskey. McCluskey. Yeah, Jake McCluskey. I can say it sometimes, McCluskey. but I've, I've got to really think about it.
1: McCluskey's is a, a chain of cheap cheap alcohol uh, pubs. I Are think really... McCluskey's. Yeah, oh. you would go there for one pound wine. Yeah. Uh, uh, get, where wine, w- wine was cheaper than a bottle of water <laughs> yeah that's when i knew i was home <laughs> should we actually review some wwe yeah, go on, stuff? Then, yeah. it's a
2: smackdown review Michael, i love it we got us a flying new soul. we
1: are starting with smackdown again so hopefully no one hates on us <clears> too much we, we're trying to appease everyone mm-hmm. uh, and we hopefully are- in the process we become this incredibly inoffensive mush that you can just put on in the background.
2: We are men of the people. Yep. The people speak, we listen. Um, oh, that's the other thing I was meant to say as well from the uh, the show I was at last night. I've got to give a shout-out to... And I'm, I do apologise that I didn't actually... I forgot to ask his name. I was just uh, so surprised. But there's a little kid that came up to me wearing an, a We Are NXT t-shirt who uh, recognised me. in the show, a big fan of yours. Um, and I was taking a selfie with him. Look, just great little dude. He was so excited to, to be at the show and he got his uh, stuff signed by The Hammer and Robbie X. Mm. And it was just awesome to see like because what i liked about the show we were at yesterday was that it was amongst a non-cynical uh wrestling fan like everyone was just, everyone was there just to enjoy wrestling that was happening and that was wonderful because usually i get to see wrestling with you or like, or like my other friends. I'm fun to watch wrestling. <laughs> well, really? you are there to, but we sit sort there of go like, oh, but well, the, well, the bucking's not very good. I don't agree with this. But it's, well, that, that move was watched there. Whereas like or, the, I call the finishes about ten seconds <laughs> before know, they happen. Yeah, ruin it for everyone. Yeah. And you mystic Meg over it.
1: I'm the guy who, who you watch a mystery film who goes, <laughs> yeah, the wife did it. And then like half an hour later, yeah, yeah,
2: ruin. That. Yeah. Oh, um, actually, my friend uh, went to go see The Sixth Sense. And um, just before the big reveal, mm. leaned over to his other friend because he'd already worked out, and just went, "He's a ghost." Nice. <laughs> I, the room.
1: I. Uh, this is. Oh, this is completely. This is the rambling which has spilled into the SmackDown review. So, just Sorry, this last uh, anecdote. Uh, that's my fault. Just this last anecdote, and then we'll get into the uh, the SmackDown review. I I used to run a. Well, there was a there was a sick form paper there. At our school, when I when I went there, and it was called the Sixth Sense. Six, sixth form is what that's like college, high school. Yeah, I think it's college? the two
2: years before university. That's right. You go. It's between seventeen and eighteen. Yeah. So
1: there was this years this, old this sixth form paper called Sixth Sense. I was nice. Like, this is so that is so geeky. We're gonna make a rival paper, and it was just it was just horrible and stupid reviews of stuff, uh, but we called it Bruce Willis is dead. <laughs> Because it was a spoiler. Okay, so now in the SmackDown. We kicked off with AJ Styles coming out and resurrecting John Cena's old US title open challenge gimmick. A fantastic uh, run for the US belt, which happened two years ago now. But, I mean, in terms of... like. What a well remembered and well received thing that was. I
2: loved the U.S. Open Challenge not only because it gave us like great surprises, like mm. actually the debut of Kevin Owens the was debut the... of Sami Zayn. Yeah, exactly. When he got too excited and he popped out his own shoulder. What an idiot! Yeah. Uh, but like it gave us great moments like that. But it also gave guys who weren't getting on TV a lot a chance to go out there and just shine for mm. for fifteen minutes. And it was always the best match of the week. Yeah. Like, hands down, the best match of the week. Because why we feel like, well, John Cena sucks. He had the best match every single week on Raw for like nearly a year. That was really... Because everyone was like, John
1: Cena should turn heel. Cena should turn heel. And the, uh, the, the promotion of Reigns and Cena's title uh, challenge at the same time, that really tipped... The balance to Cena being cool again. Like Mm. he he went through. What's the uh, Dark Knight quote? You you live long enough to be. Yeah, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
2: Yeah, he pushed through that. (laughs) Cena pushed through Batman to become the hero again. And with someone like AJ Styles doing it as well, like some good matches, some cracking matches. And uh, there was a debut on this show that Mm. I thought was going to be at this point here. Right. And when Kevin Owens' music hits, I did go. Again again, yeah. But then I was but, Okay so it had already been kind of spoiled that, uh, that this debut was going to happen mm. Because not only was he pictured uh, Arriving at the arena Someone People who had gone in early To get into their seat They played as TitanTron up on the uh, the big yeah. screen, the Kevin Dunn. Rude! <laughs> yeah, the, Bobby Rude was the debut. They did this with uh, Jason, Jordan. Jason Jordan ahead yeah. of the angle
1: reveal, but that could have been Chad Gable still, so at least there was still a little bit of
2: yeah. uh, ambiguity. Well, that's my impression of Jason Jordan's <laughs> music. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I thought... I was expecting then Kevin Owens to come out and be like, no, I want my title shot. And then, dun, 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 and that would actually be the person to answer mm. it. Instead, what we got was an announcement that we're going to get AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens again yeah. for the United States Championship with a different special guest referee this time. I Yes. So I've been a fan of this feud, which is ridiculous
1: because it's Styles versus Owens. That's my indie wet dream from about four or five years ago. Uh, so well done, WWE, <laughs> for basing that entire feud around
2: crappy officiating, crap which really
1: sucked out the heat from the two guys
2: fighting. Basing it around a McMahon, which is what WWE yeah. do really well, which is taking a really good angle and then just being like, do you know what? The, the McMahons aren't the focus of this enough. But to be fair, it was never
1: a good angle. There was never really a good feud. Owens no. was hampered by his Face of America gimmick. Uh, there were too many title changes. Then there was the actual botch with the referee, and they turned that into... Kind, they retroactively fitted that into the story to transition into Shane. Mm. Uh, yeah, I it's, it's not been a great feud at all, but when so I was down on this, it was like, Oh, we're getting another Owen Styles match for that how manyth time in their feud so far. But then Owens went backstage and found Sami Zayn, mm. that was the first person he asked. And that made me so happy seeing them nice to each other again. Yeah. And I, I know this is probably really hopeful thinking, but somewhere, if if Ryan Ward is booking this, that's the sort of thing he would have put in to sow the seeds for four or five months down the line. Once the at Man feuds over and done with, Owens and Zayn might team together.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait for that moment. I yeah. think that'd be awesome.
1: And I, th- I thought it was a good, good-ish... Uh, show-long narrative of having Owens ask around for who could be his... His special guest referee, a very good um,
2: <laughs> uh, running with uh, Brizango. yes, which I wasn't expecting because, like, you think that they'd be very busy um, getting ready for next week's show with their big reveal. The
1: tag title, the tag division, is in jeopardy. Yeah. Next up, we had what you thought should have come in the opening segment, yes, and that is Aidan English comes out that he's his, his song, Shakespeare of song, and then that marvelous, some might even say, glorious. glorious. Piano rumble happened, and Bobby
2: Roode came out like a freaking megastar, to a hero's Mm. welcome. And oddly, worked as a babyface. Yeah, cut a babyface promo afterwards. It was just I was so, I I just did not expect him to come out as a face. It's very odd. So what? What was your over? Because Bobby Roode came out, and I was
1: like, oh my god, this is fantastic. Similar to how Nakamura came out, right? But Nakamura, I was pretty over... Like, I, I was, I thought, oh, this is a bit rubbish, actually, as soon as he got in the ring with Miz. Mm. Uh, but this one took a little bit longer, and I was so excited. It's such a good song. Everyone was into it. Rude looked like a megastar. But then I, I look across the ring, and it's Aiden English, and I thought, well, if, if he's going to squash him, that's fine. This will be over in 30 seconds, something... Spinebuster, Glorious DDT, yeah. Bish Bash Bosh, and then he cuts a heel promo. But then everything that happened after the bell rang slowly made me... It was still good. I'm not denying that. But it just every bit afterwards, I was like, ah, he. Uh, this is going on a bit longer. English is getting way more offense than I would like him to have. Although
2: he does hold a uh, victory over Randy Orton.
1: DQ, but it's still there on the chalkboard. And another thing that weirdly got to me is how... And I guess this plays into the babyface idea. He kept on doing the glorious taunt. Mm-hmm. Like He did that about four or five times in a five-minute long match yeah. and during the entrance. So I was kind of like, oh, that's, that's a bit of overkill. But it's still good. It's still good. You know, like the when Homer Simpson chases the pig that's yeah, fired, yeah, yeah. fired over Springfield. It's still good. It's still good. And then he did the babyface promo with Renee Young afterwards in the ring. And he said twice the term box office. And have you ever heard the Paul Heyman story
2: about box office? Is this sort of, uh, something to wrestle?
1: No, no, it isn't. It's uh, it, Heyman told CM Punk, I think it was, that when you talk to Vince, there's a certain lexicon that you have to use because there are trigger words that Vince has. And if you say, if you describe something to Vince in normal speak, he'll go, yeah, it's kind of good. But if you say to Vince, Vince, this is box office. Like then he'll click, and you think it's box office. You know, hmm. it's like a it's a word that cuts through to him oh, that he can understand that. And when Bobby Roode said box office twice, I thought, is that like a weird rib, or is that Bobby Roode's attempt? This this was a main roster Bobby Roode in the most main roster way possible. In that the characters there, but it's just slightly slightly off. Yeah, it's it's the
2: more or less the same character. It's just now it's uh, babyface because mm. like the character in NXT was just like this is my NXT I'm the guy that's going to take NXT to the next level, but like even after it finished like um, uh, Tom Phillips, uh, the man who knows everything about like the best matches in WWE and all that, yes, uh, kept saying expect to see really expensive suits and really expensive shoes, which was the Bobby Roode character mm-hmm. in NXT. I was just stunned that it was a babyface promo, and then the more i thought about it, the more I've been thinking about it, I've had a few people get in touch with me via Twitter I was a little bit concerned by it because I because you're not instantly slotting him into a main event, not a main event feud, mm. but you haven't said like, okay, he's going for the WWE Championship, he's going to be fighting Jinder, or he's not going against Styles and Owens for the United States Championship, he is just, he just beat Aiden English All right, Ty Dillinger did that and look where he is now. I think the company is way more... I well, see this as a, I, yeah. as a
1: Nakamura
2: intro. Yeah, well, rather that, that's, what, I, a, that's yeah. what I'd like to think as well. But as someone said to me, said, do you think it was a good debut? And I said, I don't think it was a great debut. And my worry was that with the huge depth of talent they've currently mm. got on SmackDown, even like you look at the people who aren't on TV every single week, I just hope that he doesn't get tied within a couple of weeks. Pun intended. Oh oh you so you yeah. meant tight. I yeah, thought, like, hands tied. No, I hope he doesn't get tied. T white apostrophe D, yeah. So I mean that's my I don't think he will because I, I believe they're quite high on him, particularly Triple H. And Triple H has more sway over SmackDown he than he's. He is anything essentially
1: else. triple H he's got Triple H's face and head. And he wrestles exactly yes, like Triple yes, H, H yeah, as well. Yeah.
2: So I think Bobby Roode will do fine, but it's not how I would have debuted him.
1: Yeah, it was it's one of those things that's a, a solid to 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 t- very good debut but it could have been glorious yeah, yeah glorious <laughs> debut uh, yeah i just um i i hope because the box office stuff is it's just a delivery it was a heel promo but the was delivery it? was babyface it's saying i'm box office i'm going to make this place box office that's like a it's kind of smarmy and full of yourself stuff so it kind of i don't know i i'm hoping because sometimes when these things happen, in four weeks' time, you're like, actually, that was a genius move because it set up this thing mm-hmm. later. So maybe over the course of a few weeks, you get that kind of Jericho turn. I can't remember when it was. When he came back with the... The suits and everything. The, the, yeah, no, the, um, the light-up jacket. Oh, right, And yeah. he came down like a mega baby face. Everyone's cheering him. But he just kept walking around the yeah. ring and celebrating and then walked off. And I was like, well, that was a douche move. <laughs> so maybe... Rude is gonna slowly manifest more heel tendencies. Yeah. It was just so maybe, maybe it's like yeah, turning it into a story. I'd, I'd, and yeah. I would quite like that as well. Yeah, it was just the way he wrestled and everything it was so sickly babyface. Mm-hmm. It it felt so wrong, but maybe that's because we've got
2: preconceptions. Hopefully, I'm, it I, comes out okay. I would say as well that I'm. I... I'm happy to see Bobby up on the on the main roster because like he's so good. Yes, I, I, I'm still baffled that some people were really down on the main event of Takeover because I thought it was a great match. I agree, um, but I'm kind of sad that Bobby's now up on the main roster without any closure on the Roderick Strong storyline. Mm. No real closure on that, and that's I that's a bit of a shame because that was such a great story, and I'd have loved for that to have built to the next Takeover. As I said, a triple threat between Drew, uh, Rude, and, and Roddy. I thought that would have been awesome. So, next up, we had
1: another sort of mini. It was kind of like a mini superstar shakeup, a, a real good refresh of SmackDown. It felt like a, a Roar after. Oh, a SmackDown after Mania. Yeah, yeah. Which is what these. It should be after the big four, big four events, yeah. I would say. Uh, and it was Chad Gable coming into Daniel Bryan's office, and Bryan had this incredible bit of wreck on him. No way they thought this was how it was going to go originally. But Brian said, look, I didn't just trade Jason Jordan to Raw. Like, that, that would be, wh- why would I do that? Just give up someone, break up a decent tag team, former SmackDown tag team champions. I did it to get Kurt Angle's help to, to bring back one of his old friends to be your new tag team partner, Chad Gable, pulls out who's standing there,
2: Shelton Benjamin." From a um standpoint, how did Gable not see him when he walked into the room? Uh, maybe he just sneaked in. <laughs> it's the problem with the way they stage these yeah, things. Yeah, I didn't think like, of that. G- like Gable walks in, like stage right, and then has a chat, and then also in walk stage right Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Like they would have, he would have passed him when because Shelton it's Benjamin, pretty tall. He didn't walk into the room; he was already there. Yeah. Because the camera's like. And here he is. Are you saying that when they have establishing shots backstage, you want all identifiable exits No, and just entrances. make it look like it's real. Like, stop making it look like... I oh, mean, yeah. okay, so that's the thing, is that uh, Vince doesn't make wrestling shows, he makes movies. That's always been his philosophy. Mm. So when they do these backstage segments, they do have markers and they do shoot it like it's a movie and have producers there producing the segments. But when you do that, it just looks like it's a sitcom. Mm. And I'd rather it looked a bit more a bit more realistic than people standing in the semicircle talking to each other. I am hugely excited about this though. I think Chad Gable, like they've done a good job with
1: Chad Gable so far and this is I didn't know I wanted this. Mm-hmm. And I love that when that happens when because you know we book fantasy book ways it could have been done better all the time. I love it when WWE because this is essentially what they should do as they're meant to be better than us. <laughs> That's why they're the biggest wrestling uh, company in the world promotion. And they, they book something better than I could think of.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm
1: happy with this. Yeah. I, I think it's
2: going to be quite good. So, Gable and, and Benjamin will wrestle next week. Yeah, also another tag team, mm. which is great because SmackDown's in dire need of them. And it's a good reboot of American Alpha. Mm-hmm. kind of like. A, I wonder what they're going to be called American Alpha 2000. That's what you always do when you bring back a new tag team, uh, yeah. a new version of it, or New American Alpha.
1: American Beta.
2: Well, no, that makes it that sound like work. it's. Yeah. Amer- American Alpha. Omega. Yeah.
1: Uh, and all of those are terrible. <laughs> Sticking with the tag team division, which, remember, is in mortal danger. So that's if there's another, this unexplained force attacking Brizango, SmackDown's tag division could be pretty tasty once again.
2: Well, yeah, especially if uh, we are going to get a main roster debut of the Authors of mm. Pain next week. So the Usos beat... The hype bros, and there was not a whiff of their splits uh, in this. Well, the, the the commentators brought it up. Did they? Yeah, I, didn't, they I, said didn't, I didn't hear them
1: bring it up. They've they've, they're made up. Oh. That's all they said. They were like, oh. well, there was some uh, d- dissension earlier a few months ago, but they appeared to have made up. And that
2: was it There's only one bit of commentary I wanted to pick up on actually from this show Mm. Which was during the Bobby Roode match I do apologise for going back Uh, But JBL at one point said Get yourself a win and get to the pay window Get yourself some beer money And I was like, I see what you did there John I see what you did there That was nice, you did
1: a good John Well (laughs) Well done done, JBL Uh, But yes, this Uso's Hype Bros match went about 5 minutes I thought it was a decent 5 minute match It's nice to give your champions Just a, a dominating five minute decent win hey i mean you'd think they'd
2: do it with jinder yeah yeah <laughs> i mean occasionally i mean if but problem is if they did that he might get over mm. and apparently their booking of jinder is for him not to get over yeah it'd be nice if they had
1: jinder in these big match like five minute matches against ty dillinger's sammy's yeah, just
2: just beating lads in five minutes with no yeah.
1: interference from the sing brothers just beating lads but in the bigger matches that's when the Sing brothers get
2: involved. Yeah, that, that would
1: make more sense. Uh, but, but, yeah, again, this but again, he
2: might get over, and that appears not to be the uh, the uh, the main goal. Usos cut a good promo after this as well. They certainly did. Uh, so I thought
1: that was building to a debut of someone mm. because they said, "We've got this place on
2: lockdown." Use I was like, "Don't play New Day's music. <laughs> Don't
1: play New Day." But then, uh, yeah, yeah, nothing it Just happened. ended. Just walked out.
2: There was uh, the lads on gorilla position. Um, Skillets and uh, Ash Rose were there over Summertime weekend brought up a point that they felt that this was going to be the end of the New Day the New Day losing the belts because Kofi's promo beforehand was talking about like they they theorised that the way he was talking was just like that this team is going to be splitting up soon uh, could you see the New Day splitting up any time soon? Not at all, man. Neither can I. Merchandise. Well, yeah, that's... Yeah. Aside yeah. from anything, yeah, the merch. I don't know where they are in the charts, but they must be pretty high. I'd imagine they're fairly high. Just you, you always, sheer quantity. You see those video t-shirts quite a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of Nakamura earlier, Shinsuke Nakamura beat up both Singh brothers. They had the Randy Orton match I wanted. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Daniel Bryan said... It, it was a nice exchange backstage when Bryan said to Jinder, look... I don't hate you because you're different. I hate you because you cheat all the time. And that's a very important distinction to make, which WWE haven't done so far. Mm -hmm. So they they really were exploiting the xenophobic element of all of this, when really it should be, he's a bad guy, he's a cheater. Uh, And he said, well, Nakamura should get his revenge. He's going to face both the Singh brothers. And... Great because they just bump around
2: yeah. like madmen. But I, the Sing brothers sold it amazingly yeah.
1: backstage. They they had some good expressions.
2: Yeah, I, I like them. There was actually even Byron had a good moments uh, in this, and that, that's now two times Byron's had a good moment during and it's again during Nakamura matches. He had mm. a re- I can't remember what the line was, but he had a really good line uh, at SummerSlam. Cool anecdote. And you and I, you and I said, "God, oh, that was a good line from Byron." Yeah, yeah, And it was also in that match that uh, Jinder was showing a lot of personality, mm. and I said. It's just, like, Nakamura just, I remember br- that now, yeah. Nakamura just brings out the best in people. He brought the best out in Jinder. even brings out the best in Byron Saxton. And there was a moment where JBL was going, like, rah, 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 rah. and um, he's like, oh, uh, Jinder wins all the t- wins all the time. That's why he's the champion. And Byron just goes, because of the two lads in dress shirts in the ring. Yes. <laughs> it was the delivery of it. And I was like, yes, Byron. That was actually a decent babyface commentator line that didn't make you sound like a complete whiny Insider, Mona, yeah. <laughs> hey, leave Byron alone. It was his birthday yesterday. The insider. Or it was on Sunday. Uh, yeah, So this insider, was nothing. Uh,
1: this was a, a decent squash match on two people. Made Nakamura look good. He got his revenge, and most importantly, he hit the Kinshasa on Jinder afterwards. I like this angle. So this was a good standing tall bit. Of course, Jinder looks weak
2: again, but this was a good. This was good. This was all good. Uh, but next, okay. But moments like this. Sorry. Moments like this, with Jinder would be fine if he just if he won matches Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, next
1: up, we had Naomi and Becky Lynch beating Natalia and Carmella. This was this was a nicely structured match. It was all built around Carmella not tagging in with Natalia, so Carmella could cash in her briefcase at the end once uh, Natalia has been beaten up by Naomi and Becky Lynch.
2: But this was also the second match of the night to feature the goddamn beach balls. Oh, I just saw Mexican Wave. I didn't see I think balls. there was Beach Balls as well. Because there was Beach Balls, I think, during the Usos match as well. Oh, I didn't
1: pick up on that. Oh, bloody Beach Balls, mate.
2: Zombie Beach Balls. I hate Back them from the so dead. much. I hate them so much. Because they're always in matches. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit during the Raw review, but mm. man, I hate the Beach Balls. I don't think that discussion is going to be a bit. <laughs> I
1: think that's going to be a long beach ball rant on your part. And it's part, not going to be a beach ball rant. And a rant, counter but... beach ball
2: point from me. No, I mean, I, I, and I know what your counterpoint already is, but I, I've, I've got something that I would like to say about okay. beach balls, but I do hate the beach balls. Uh, the other thing, I should well, from this, I don't know if you've seen the images, but I mean, I didn't pick up on it at the time, but everyone knew that, well, there were a lot of people who'd worked out that Naomi was losing hmm. at SummerSlam because of the way she uh, entered the ring and held up the title. Oh. And someone posted three very, very good gifs, actually, of her last two previous title defenses, like against Lana and whichever other one it was mm. the time before, and she holds up the title really high with a massive smile on her face, going like "Yeah!" And with this one, SummerSlam, she was looking at the floor and could barely muster a smile because she knew she was dropping oh. the belt. And then throughout the match, she just had a face on because she knew she was losing. And there were a lot of people were just like, Well, It's that's really bad to mm. be to essentially you know to telegraph the ending." Of yeah. uh, a match just by your, just because you're not happy That you've got to drop the belt
1: That is interesting, I'll have to go back and look at that That's very unprofessional
2: yeah. For a, a professional wrestler I'll show you, I'll show you the gifts yeah, side yeah. by side, it's really interesting
1: uh, My favourite bit
2: of this match Was uh, Carmella's new ring attire <laughs> I don't like her new ring attire I don't, don't put don't put women in things like that. Just look, it looks ridiculous. They did I don't it with. Think it looks ridiculous. They did it with Dana I think Brooke as well. Makes
1: sense. I think she's going to move around.
2: No, she was fine in the leggings. No, I, I, I think, think and that made uh, her
1: look more unique than than just putting her in a, a swimsuit. I think this. I think this is a really good modification of her character. Th- right? I'm fully. I'm very behind this costume change.
2: I thought this war. I thought they told a really good story here between Natalia and Carmela, and the crowd didn't care because they're all dicks and more interested in beach balls.
1: Uh, that that would that's we, a
2: very harsh. I'm being facetious. We've disagreed on this. I think I'm not. I'm not saying that seriously. I'm being facetious. The crowd are
1: allowed. So um, when I explained to my, I don't know how it came up, but the beach ball conversation came up with my lady partner, and she was like, Be- what beach ball?" And I was like, "Well, some people because it's a long night and some people get
2: bored, so they chuck a beach ball up in the air." And
1: she was like, "Oh, that sounds really fun!" And I was like. Oh. Yeah. Do you know what Uh, it's fine?
2: Throw beach balls around at the start of the show. That sounds great. That does sound like a party. Don't drink during matches, it's disrespectful. You know what I think WWE
1: should do? And it could it could potentially be a terrible idea because it could become the new what chant. Bring someone in whose gimmick is beach balls. So when you come out, yes, yeah, I yeah. love that. You come out and like they fire beach balls into the crowd. The crowd are going wild. They can d- push the beach balls around while the match is going on. The guy can be like leading the party in the middle, mm. and then the crowd are kind of they've got their beach balls out.
2: Yeah, just run it and and then They're just run it into out. the ground. Yes, yeah. just, just uh, nose dive that thing like Ultimate Warrior in the cockpit where there's no pilot.
1: Or, or just channel it into one match where it's part of the match, mm. and then everyone can do it together. That was, uh, I, I
2: think that's a good... It's well, kind
1: of like the inflatable wailing arm tube men.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'll make my point about beach balls now. We may as well talk oh, okay, about it now. We but like, Okay, so... Uh, Dude, let's, no, let's save it for Raw, because okay. it actually happens then. It happened in here as
1: well. It happens big time. It's addressed in Raw. <sighs> so next up we have Dolph Ziggler and a backstage promo. There have been reports that he was getting repackaged. We still don't know what that repackaging is, because... He, he was in a backstage interview and he very night, neatly said, here's my big return in a backstage interview. And then he said, I figured it out. All I need to do is, uh, you know, get, b- bring a woman down to the ring who glows. I need to sing. I need to play a guitar. Essentially said all the crappy gimmicks. On.
2: That's, yeah, and I think there's a lot of people who are reading far too much into this because like I had a lot of people saying like, oh, he said a woman who glows. That means he's going to bring Ember Moon up with him to the main roster. <laughs> and I was like, mm, no. That's and a it, reach. And I, I, was like, I was like, yeah, but he also said that he's going to sing in the spotlight. What he was essentially saying was, I can't get on TV because I'm not doing a gimmick. I guarantee you next week, he's going to come out and he's not going to have changed anything and that's his gimmick is that I'm not changing because I don't because and that's and actually I quite like that I don't need to change I don't need to change to get booked on this to be booked on the show I'm good enough I'm perfect enough as it is and I think that would be quite a good little character turn. but you know what I had a better can I fantasy book um, or how I'd like Dolph to go could I just counter that for, I don't yeah. think the solution to Dolph Ziggler Is to keep Dolph Ziggler the way he was Absolutely not But I think that's a better character than what he currently has Which is I am a heel I whine yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, do you know what I think would be an excellent storyline I want next week on Smackdown he comes out and says that I'm looking at this roster and I'm looking at all these people who are getting these chances above me I'm looking at Shinsuke Nakamura, I'm looking at Kevin Owens I'm looking at Ty Dillinger, I'm looking at Bobby Roode apparently the way for me to get to get the chance on here is to go to NXT, oh that's a good and, idea and then go down to NXT but do it as like a really bitter thing mm. of like I'm already better than everyone here but I have to do this because apparently this is the way to get a push in this and just do it like really flippant and be really just like like really um, yeah being really flippant about being on NXT yeah and then you show clips of that on Smackdown like a a little highlight reel of uh, maybe some live event dates yeah of him you know just beating up some jobbers and just being like and every time going like am I getting a push now should I can I get a push now where's my title shot that's really good I think that'd be really good that is
1: good uh, but fine, he's going to debut whatever his big idea is next week, which yeah. probably isn't um, your, your very good one. <laughs> AJ Styles beat Kevin Owens in the main event with Baron Corbin as the special guest referee that Owens chose, <laughs> so, at least initially.
2: So. so when they were doing all these backstage skits, sorry, I hate to interrupt you there. Um, they were doing all these backstage skits they've been trying to find a referee and it was like Sami Zayn and then Bree go, And then it was, as soon as it Baron Corbin was like, Oh, I mean, of course, it's Baron Corbin. Yeah, I was in my whole time. I was like, I wonder who it could be? Yeah. Who could it be? Who could it be? No, I mean, of course, it's Baron Corbin.
1: I I didn't mind Baron Corbin though. I thought this was a, a good role for him. It's it's working on building him back up after the very harsh punishment he received last week mm. for being a bit of a dick on Twitter. But <laughs> you know, that's essentially what happened to Dolph Ziggler. He was he. I'm a heel. I'm going to be a heel in real life. And then he got heat for being his character. It's a very bizarre world, WWE. But yes, uh, Corbin called it relatively down the middle until AJ got a calf crusher. I always have to stop myself from Mm -hmm. saying calf killer. And pretended that Owens reached the ropes when he didn't, which was a really nice spot. Uh, And then Shane McMahon came down and was like, you're not going to do this. Corbin immediately lost his cool, Mm. which was, that's the bit I didn't like. I thought, well, if he's going, he should stay in here if he wants to get a title shot afterwards. And they gave Shane McMahon the referee top, Owens wasn't happy, got hit by Styles forearm and uh, one, two, three, Owens isn't allowed to challenge for the US title, yes, again, while AJ has it. So that's good that that is most definitely over, I would have preferred that to be over at
2: SummerSlam. Can I edge uh, where I think this part of this story might go, or if I was to try, if I was to possibly fantasy book this storyline going a little Mm. bit further? If you were to be so bold, if I was to be so bold, uh, I would now have Owens as Corbin's corner man, because if Corbs can win the U.S. title, Owens can challenge for it again, Mm. because he he can't fight for the U.S. title as long as AJ is champion. So his goal should be to get the belt off of Styles, Mm. because then he can challenge for it again. Or
1: it's just going to be a long, protracted Shane McMahon. Oh, uh, well, build, yeah, I mean, that, that's more or less what it's going to be. It's just yeah. promo week after week. Mm. Yeah, because Shane McMahon won't wrestle on SmackDown, I, I think. No. Um, the only other thing
2: uh, I want to say. Sells coming up next, though, for SmackDown. Yep. So that makes sense with Shane. Uh, the only uh, other thing I wanted to mention about this match, um, which I, I thought was was you know pretty good once again, uh, it's not the best outing they've had. I just thought that was at SummerSlam. Um, but what I did, did, did want to know about this, road dogs there, was that remember like when Baron Corbin cashed in and lost, and everyone was like, oh, this will bring out a much more vicious side of Baron Corbin. And apparently, like his gimmick now is that I've I lost the Money in the Bank, and we're we're not going to mention. <laughs> it's a Raw review looking jacked man Raw kicked off
1: with a bang With uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman Coming out, Paul Heyman did the usual uh Really good promo Talking up Brock, how he Beat everyone else at the Fatal 4-Way In Summerslam the previous night, crowd going wild Until Braun
2: happened Braunny the Strowman yeah. came out
1: Strowman comes out and he
2: Beat the crap out of Brock, excuse my <sighs> He French. is like I mean You want to talk about Someone they've just Built into mm. a star Like It's incredible the, the, the very quick turnaround They've done of of Braun Since the brand split Yeah It's incredible like, It was slow Yeah And they, they
1: structured it The right way So they You know Braun was going on A squash tear Over the summer And then he was added to the Survivor Series match. And he had that awesome, I'm not on anyone's team. I'm out for for my team. And then he, you know, went back down after that little bit in the main event. And they built him with Big Show. And they gave him some really good matches with Big Show and spots. And then he went into the Roman Reigns feud. But it was never for a title, so that's all still bubbling. And then they built him up really well and paced out this Lesnar feud. Because when Lesnar came back, it was the Braun showdown that happened. And then obviously the SummerSlam main event. And now he is he's he's there. He's not a megastar
2: yet. Yeah? He's not mm-hmm. like crossed through into the mainstream, but I definitely think he's got potential. Absolutely, yeah. And bear in mind, like this was a guy who they, they hand picked mm. because they wanted him to be in the Wyatt family because he's tall and and has a beard. And they like tall, big, sweaty men, is, is what I'm led to believe. Um but he was someone who wasn't good enough to be on NXT TV. That was the that was the thing. He never appeared on NXT because he wasn't ready. And just just think about that. He wasn't ready to be on NXT TV, which is developmental. Where they put any owl bugger out there. Mm. Sometimes Green is goose s words, and uh, like. But yeah, Braun was like, he's not ready yet. Well, do you know what we should do then? Put him on live TV.
1: I, I think there was probably some smarts behind that as well. Like, if he's not ready. Uh, it's better to keep him off TV yeah. rather than actually put well, him in Well, that's on what yeah,
2: Okay, but if he's not ready for taped TV, do you know what you don't do? Just put him straight onto live TV. But the way that like they kept him really protected mm-hmm. in the Wyatt's, he didn't really have to do a lot. He learnt then from the other four, the other three guys that he was with. And then when he went on the solo run, everyone was a bit like, "Oh God, Braun's on his own." And I, I was sniffy about it when they said they were going to build towards Braun Undertaker. I was like, "I mean, Undertaker's a broken man. The last thing he needs to do is put him in the ring with someone like this, who's just going to completely kill him." Now I'm like, I would love to see a Braun Undertaker match.
1: Yeah, that was WrestleMania 32 last year yeah. before the brand split. And everyone's like, oh my God, Vince is actually considering this. And let's not, let's not make no mistake, that was a terrible idea back then. Well, because he was nowhere dread- near as ready. Dreadful idea. Yeah, but now it's like, oh, they've they built him so well. And he's, he's so good at big man spots. Yeah. And they've given him so many innovative big man spots.
2: The ambulance, the announcer's table yeah. flip. Yeah, they've they've done so well I just wanted to give credit where credit is due Because well done WB Creative You've done a sterling job with Braun the Troman
1: And for this uh, angle specifically Well done Brock Lesnar Mm. Because when he was thrown over the top rope Just like the, the SummerSlam match the previous night And he looked back up at Braun I was like, I feel like Brock Lesnar is the underdog Yeah and how oh. on earth do you do you make that happen? That's how
2: good Brock Lesnar is. Yeah, because like, yeah. he was in the ring, he was smiling away with his Universal Championship, going like, huh, "Yeah, I am mm. the best." And then as soon as Brawl's music hit, it was like, "Oh no, I, I forgot was, about that." I was going. really hoping you weren't going to show up. Mm. And then when he's thrown out, he's like, "Oh, it's 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 the Joe thing all over again." He was so good at selling the fear that Joe might get him in the clutch. Mm. And when, when Brock's into something, man, he's he's unmatchable in, in terms of actually selling things. He's great. It's going to be interesting to see how they build towards this match. Oh, I know how they'll do that. Um, Brock will be in the ring. Braun will come down. Security will come down and try and separate them. Then they'll throw security out. And then the Royal Locker Room sure. will come down. We've got uh, four weeks until No Mercy. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that for four weeks. Four weeks. Fantastic. Yeah. It's all right, mate. It's all okay. Right. I've, I've already got this sorted. I've, I've already been on the phone with them. They've already written those segments out. Brock needs to know things ahead of time. I'm going to have another
1: a counter pitch to that. Just have Lesnar versus Strowman as the main event for the next four weeks.
2: <laughs> That's a great way to build a, a program. Or just have them both in matches where they, they both get pinned and then put them into the match. Yeah, that'll be who, good. Who's the bigger loser? Have them lose a lot.
1: Uh, back at like 10, 10 years ago, we might have been saying, I know what they'll do. They'll be forced to go in a tag team <laughs> against another team. But they saved yeah. that for another bit on this show. Uh, the, the only disappointing part of this for me was that Michael Cole said later on the sh- in the show, oh, and Kurt Angle's made it official. It's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman at no mercy. I was like, oh, well, that, I mean, that's great. That's that's the match we want to see. But that could have been, and I, and I don't often say this because I think in-ring segments and announcements like that are really overdone. But I would have liked to have seen Brock's face when that was announced. And I would like to have seen Braun's roar when that's announced. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, so I thought yeah. that
1: was a, a missed opportunity.
2: Though. Yeah, that, that's telling two weeks worth of story in, in two segments. Yeah. I think that was something you could have done next week. but.
1: And it wasn't, like, you could just have that as the main event angle. But mm-hmm. this was just not a throwaway line, but it was just a line from Michael Cole rather than a 10-minute bit. Yeah. So that's a, that's a shame. That's a shame. Also, a shame is next Ugh. up, we had Enzo Amore beating Big Cass in a Brooklyn street fight.
2: As soon as that graphic came up, I, I mean, it was six o'clock in the morning. I was there having, having me wheat bits and raisins mm. and rice milk, and I went, oh, I may yeah. have se- I may have said some words we're not allowed to say on this channel because they're they're naughty words like briefcase, tight <laughs> title shot, yep, things like that. A yeah, hospital. I-, I went oh championship opportunity, yes, um, because I- I'm ready for this feud to be over and sadly it very much will be over now unless of course when he does return in nine months. Big big cast got injured during this match. He uh, took a bump over the rope and landed very awkwardly on his knees and then he went to attempt the empire elbow and just buckled and then that was it and as soon as he buckled i i was like oh god this is doing an injury angle Mm. until i saw the way he was selling it and i was like either he's amazing at selling frustration or he's genuinely hurt i really really felt for him yeah he
1: yeah when you can't jump up for an elbow like he could have even just like fell on his side but it obviously he couldn't get back up after that, I don't no. think. He, he spoke to the referee before it was like, he said, I'm okay, I'll finish it, I'll finish it. Because they cut to the finish quite quickly. We'll get on to your exclusive yeah. bit in a sec. But it reminded me of a couple of... Well, it was about three, four years ago now, when Wade Barrett injured his elbow. Mm. And he was so angry because he realised this is... You know, I, I imagine... I've never had an injury like that, but I imagine you can tell the difference between an injury and an injury. Yeah. And... That, that's the sort of injury in the middle of this big push he's getting as well as a solo star that he's going to be out for three, six, possibly nine months. Nine months is, is what WWE.com are reporting and
2: he understandably flipped out in anger. Yeah, and, I, I, and I'm and i not I don't want to play the game of what ifs because I don't believe in the game of, of what ifs but I did feel e- I felt even more sorry for him because he suffered this injury in a match that never should have happened in the first place mm. because no one needed to see this match. And uh, so, my friend who I've made reference but to. But it,
1: it was a freak accident. No, it I know could it have I know, happened No, I, I
2: know it's a freak accident. But yeah. when, like, if you're. If, if I was big Cancer Beast, like, well, that match never should have happened anyway, because mm. like, it was literally a throwaway match. And now I'm out for nine months. Um, and it, you're right, it is a freak accident. It could have happened next week in a match that was meaning, more meaningful. I'm just saying that it, it was just a shame that it happened in such a pointless match. If it was a spot that it had like a planned spot that meant nothing i could yeah. see the point there but i don't this could have happened in any match any, I, I, any pointless match i'm just saying i'm just I, I, it, it, I just made it was maybe upset me because it was just such a pointless match right. but a friend of mine uh who's been at SummerSlam and takeover all weekend he was there on his honeymoon um said that like wh- like the crowd groaned when they announced the the match and like and everyone was just like i I've, I've, don't need to see this match and actually in the because he was front row they had cleared the area where he was sat because apparently the plan was they were going to spill out into the crowd and fight further there, and the the bouncers and this and the event team were like like pushing my friend and his wife back and and everyone else around them, and then the injury angle happened and then everyone was like false hmm. alarm and everyone just went back to their seats. So it was meant to go for a bit longer. Yeah. So that, that's a real big shame for Big
1: Cass. Yeah, big shame. Big big shame for Big Cass. Uh, we can run through the next two bits relatively quickly. Nia Jax beat Emma in a total squash. I forgot this match happened. Yep. Yeah. Real, oh, poor Emma. Poor Emma. And Elias had another sing song and R-Truth came out. And Elias beat R-Truth in two minutes. Yep, forgot that happened as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if they're going to give Elias an actual feud. <laughs> it just seems... That Vince McMahon cipher as a way to just insult whatever crowd they're in.
2: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a heat magnet. It's it's the um, Edge and Christian used to do this all the time. They'd come out and just like cut a promo on your local sports team mm. and just do that promo. They had they had that promo around the country.
1: But it is Elias is pretty damn good at it. I do enjoy I, when, I, when the crowd started clapping along yeah. because it's a smart crowd. Elias stopped and said, "I said hold your applause until <laughs> the end." And that really tickled me. Tickled me Because that, well. that was organic. That was something he came up with.
2: And our truth came out and ruined it.
1: Yeah. Uh, but then we had quite a newsworthy bit. Because, I mean, we all guessed it already because John Cena was advertised. He's been brought back as a free agent. Kurt Angle introduced his big surprise, not Bobby Roode, of John Cena debuting, not debuting, of returning to Raw for the first time since the brand split. And uh, the crowd chanted, "You, you, John Cena sucks. And you sucked a Kurt Angle, although mm-hmm. that was more good-natured. And then Cena was like, "There's only one guy I want to face: Roman Reigns." And then the crowd
2: <laughs> said he sucked too. So okay, I was thinking about this while I was watching SmackDown today, because like AJ came out to like a huge ovation, mm. like a proper hero's welcome, because he's an incredibly over babyface. And then you look at the reactions that Nakamura gets. It's like this really ugly for baby face. Like everyone just loves him. Everyone's super into his entrance and really into to him as a character. And then I was just and I was thinking about this angle then on Monday Night Raw. And I was like, oh, imagine it's the same storyline, but with those two. Because when they're booking yeah. this match, in their heads, they're like, well the crowd are going to love this because John Cena's the most over guy we've got on the roster and Roman Reigns is the guy he's the top dog He and he runs this yard and they're like going to build to a match and then we're going to have them set up as a tag team it's, like, it's like the mega powers 2.0 this is going to be brilliant the place mm. as Pat Patson would say the place will go banana and that's not what happened the crowd just booed the entire mm. thing and booed the entire the prospect of having these two fights you both suck yeah you both suck like and when you're on a TV... You're pushing this TV show and you're pushing this as a live event tour. Michael Hayes, we don't have the book for one town. And you push this as like a, a live touring event. Everyone boos these two. So you, you can't then push like... Well, no. Uh, everywhere they're booed. You can't <laughs> say everyone boos. Okay, them. yes. Everywhere they're booed. No matter what city they would have done this in, they would have got the you both suck chant. Mm. So this is... On paper, it's a dream match because it is John Cena versus Roman reigns it's the gu- the guy who's been the franchise for 10 for well, the last 15 years versus the guy who's gonna be the franchise for the next 15 years it's Rock Hogan <laughs> you know it's Rock Hogan it's it's Cena rock yes it's it's the it's this passing of the torch uh, match this should be like a big dream one and it's not. Whereas if this was like AJ Nakamura, everyone would be going absolutely banana for it.
1: I don't think you even have to change both of them.
2: I think because John Cena
1: has really worked his way back up in the smart fan appreciation. I love John Cena. Uh, I think John Cena is great. I'm a big
2: fan of him. Uh, And did you see that video? The Cricket Wireless one. I was actually watching that just before you came in and I had to stop because I was going to cry. So it was. if anyone hasn't
1: seen it... uh, this branded post or whatever they brought in, like I should critique that. Uh, <laughs> John Cena sat down, out and, yeah, and he read out some thank you notes from people he's helped in the past to make a wish stuff with, and he was like getting quite emotional because it was emotional li- stuff. You helped me overcome cancer. I was going to say was it was, that, die like, it was until that little kid, a wristband.
2: It was that little kid saying like my mum was diagnosed with cancer, and then mm. I gave her. You gave me a wristband at a show, and they had like footage of him getting it, and then I gave that uh wristband to my mum. Yes. Yeah, now she's, she's cancer free. Yeah. Oh my
1: god. Like I was like I was like,
2: I'm not crying, you're crying. Yeah, see, so
1: Cena's reading these and of course he's emotional. How could you not be? And then all the people who had written those messages burst through the this, this tarpaulin thing and uh came to say thank you and Cena was just uh Uh oh yeah <laughs> Yeah he's, it feels he's the best. It was feels he's just the best. It's stuff like that though. I mean that is real emotion. Couldn't you put that on raw? (laughs) Couldn't you? Because, like, I'm like, you know what? Maybe John Cena should never turn heel and screw me for thinking he should have for a decade. Why not tell that to everyone? (laughs) I don't know. I I, I can see why it wouldn't work because it is kind of kayfabey ruining. But
2: I just. Is it kayfabe ruining? I don't
1: know. I don't know. It, it's it was spectacular and it was, was really good. W- yeah. Probably the best thing of of anything
2: actually this this week <laughs> yeah, on I, WWE. I, well, from actually takeover, which was awesome. Yes, yeah.
1: Well, it depends when a week starts, right? <laughs> is, is the is a Monday or a Sunday? Uh, anyway, we have not even actually talk about the meat of
2: this. Oh, this, I was going to say,
1: my apologies. Uh, so John Cena and Roman Reigns, you don't have to switch out both of them for AJ and Nakamura. If it was John Cena and he said all that and he said, "There's only one guy I want to face." And then Samoa Joe walks down. Yeah, I'm like, well, money, this money. Is, oh god, good.
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, because
1: that's a that's a dream match that's mm-hmm. been talked about for a long, 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 long time. It seems like and, that's the direction they're going for No Mercy. And it was sort of uh tucked away in this. It wasn't
2: the best way to to build it. I just, I, it really makes me laugh when you you script, and this is the problem when you script out things the way that they do. But you've got John Cena coming out and he calls out Roman Reigns and he's like, I'm the franchise and you're the big dog and we should have a match. And everyone's going, boo! You both suck. And then The Miz and Samoa Joe come out and everyone's like, yay, yeah, you guys are awesome. And The Miz is going like, I'm sick and tired of seeing you two getting all the opportunities. And the crowd are going, yeah! We are, we are too! T- we are too! The Miz is right. And then Samoa Joe comes out and he's like, I'm gonna kill you both. They're like, yes, Joe is gonna kill you both because he's awesome. And everyone's like, yeah, these two heels, the people that were supposed to be booing, the people who are meant to be saying things that aren't true and like I felt bad for Miz as well because he obviously had this big old speech about no one was there to see his match at SummerSlam and because he mispronounced uh, he mispronounced ironically I said it there mispronounced uh, Barclays Centre Bar's Keys yeah all of a sudden John Cena jumps in like idiot 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 you said it wrong you said it wrong what an idiot mm. and then that bit of his promo was then completely cut short
1: yeah uh, and, and John Cena as great as he is and as many children's lives as he has <laughs> saved <laughs> yeah. apparently uh, he did act like a total goof
2: throughout this <laughs> promo. So and, like, and the resulting match, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's like, how can I take this feud seriously if John Cena is staring at the camera just going like, whoop, whoop, whoop like, and making these stupid facial expressions and next to him is the complete opposite of Roman Reigns. Pouty face. Which is which was just, I mean, you've got stoic, which is like brooding Jon Snow from Game of Thrones and then you've got expressionless, which is where Roman Reigns ventured into a lot of these things. He just pounds. Yeah. That's what he does. I mean, he looks great though. He can't. He's it's I mean, working for him. He's hand-
2: sweaty hair. <laughs> sweaty hair. But John Cena, you talk about him acting like a goof because obviously the crowd then started like trying to to poo poo on the uh, the the, hmm. the resulting tag match of this, and instead of John Cena like ignoring it. He was trying to be the the cool babyface that was uh, help like cheering them along and saying like yeah you should ignore this match. Should, should we just jump to that now? Yeah. I so the, the main event this was all the setup.
1: Uh, well, the Miz's promo, by the way, was fantastic when he actually did cut it. Uh, cut it. Uh, the it all built to the main event, which was John Cena, Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe and the Miz. You know the two, and it was all based around the tension between Reigns and Cena, uh, possibly with a bit of Joe in there as well. And in it, the crowd were restless. They've they've watched a lot of wrestling over the last couple of days. All these shows have been in the same building, and a couple of beach balls came out. Didn't adjust. The beach balls had, had been in previous matches and affected them a lot more. So John Cena made the decision to effectively call an audible and reference the beach balls in the crowd as a way to get the crowd back. It makes total sense on paper to bring the crowd back into the match and to. Get almost used the heat transference of the beach ball to him being the good guy. Yeah, hashtag heat transference. And but did you read about this in the commercial break? Cena actually told Miz, like on the fly, to cut a promo on the beach ball. So Miz cut an impassioned promo, you stupid fans, you shouldn't be, you respect us in the ring. And John Cena was like, no, everyone should, they're here to have fun. So when it came back from break, The beach balls were gone and everyone was more behind Cena because of that and against Miz the heel. That works. That does work, yeah. So that was, I mean, that's very smart thinking on John's part that the He is a pro. That the potential butterfly consequence of this, and you can see it from what happened with Cesaro the previous night when he ripped it apart is people will now bring beach balls to get a reaction exactly and it that's didn't happen that, on Smackdown but it,
2: it does and here's the thing And it, I, I hate the beach balls I really hate the beach balls and the reason why I hate the beach yeah, here balls it is, here it is come on okay, the up. reason why I hate the beach balls because it also happened in the, uh, the Finn Balor Jason Jordan match and it happened in the John Cena Roman Reigns Smojo Miz match So your argument is usually that it's a long night, it's restless, uh, and the other argument that you get from people is that people do it because they don't like what's going on in the ring and they want to entertain themselves in other ways. These are the same fans that a year down the line when Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, The Miz... Um, the girls on SmackDown and um, uh, the cruiserweights when they're not being pushed they're the same fans who just say oh they never push those guys yeah because during their matches you throw bloody beach balls around because you want to get yourselves over it's not because they're bored or they're tired or they're restless it's the crowd getting themselves over wanting to put themselves over be be the focus of the show rather than the wrestlers and it really winds me up it's why I don't like the Roar After Mania crowd. However, WB have very very smartly shut down the Roar After Mania crowd mm. by turning it into a thing, and now because it is a thing, they don't want to be the Roar After Mania crowd anymore.
1: Um, I so I, I always get wary of definitive statements like that because nothing is that clear cut. So I, do, do you really believe that that? They're just out for themselves. There's no, there's uh, no, I, e- there's no even modicum of so, them getting no, restless. No, it's
2: not because it's what you said earlier about people. They want to bring beach balls to the show because they want to. They want beach balls to be a thing, and I, it's those fans that are bringing it. It's like pe- fans don't bring beach balls to a show because they think like, well, I better take this with me in case I get bored. They're not going to the beach. There's there's a great adage just, when just, it comes. Sorry, to- just on this. Fans have paid; they can do whatever they want. I just I think it's disrespectful. There's a great
1: adage in wrestling: chance. Where if you start a chant, you're not the one that starts it. It's the second person who picks up the chant with you that starts it. And that gets everyone chanted. Because otherwise you're just a guy screaming. So you'll have Super some... Super dragon. Yeah, yeah, the, the famous version. That isn't a chant, <laughs> that's just one guy screaming. Uh, so the, the people who bring the beach balls, okay, they are, they are lone wolves, to use a Baron Corbinism. But other people who didn't bring the beach balls... Who are disinterested I'm like oh this is actually quite fun And it's more fun than what's going on Oh I'm going to buff it too then that's, that, okay. So that, then it's a chain reaction And mm-hmm. those people So you can use that methodology To the very small minority of people Who brought the balls Like less less than 0.1% Because what like I think they said there were 10 beach balls in total for Raw A lot of those are probably going to have been brought By the same couple of people And the guy who threw the beach ball in the
2: main event Did get thrown out Yeah with his kid yeah.
1: Which is a, a bit of a shame ha, Serves you right mate so it's like, uh, you, that. really, that's just... You're talking about a minuscule part of the right, audience. Right, okay, no... Uh, right, but but here, really, the, the crowd mentality is, is my what Okay, but here's my rebuttal through. to that. Mm.
2: So this, uh, we'll say it's a guy, just because... Uh, okay, this person, let's not be gender-specific, because it might be a, a lady. So this person has brought in a beach ball because they think it will be funny and they want to get themselves over. Grand. like because then they are the one who's passing it around and then other people do it, and because the other people are doing it, people then stop watching the match and start watching the beach ball and go, well, what's going on over here? That one person then has ruined it for everyone else. And I don't like that one person that ruins it for everyone else. And especially because it's very disrespectful for the guys who are in the ring, mm. the guys who are putting their bodies on the line to entertain everyone. And they're not... I think So if that one person doesn't want to watch the match and just wants to like throw a beach ball and be a dick then why do you have to ruin it for everyone else? There were people there who wanted to watch that match, but mm. they're being distracted because there's a bloody beach ball thrown around, which leads to people being thrown out, which is then very distracting when you're trying to watch a match. Yeah. So, I,
1: of course, you're you're rooted in that way, and I'm I'm very much rooted in the, this wouldn't you pay, happen. It you pays you money. Not not even that. I, I don't think it's the crowd's responsibility to be entertained. I think it's WWE's responsibility. But even
2: if, even if they were entertained, they'd have done it anyway. Mm. Because... But it wouldn't have caught on It would would have caught on Because it's a beach
1: ball A beach ball bounced around Of course you're going to Bat it around But maybe only a few people Would pay attention And the rest of the people If it it was really Genuinely exciting What was happening in the ring the beach
2: ball wouldn't have been. Look, I've, I've been a there part. Was no,
1: there was no beach ball at the start. There
2: I, was no I've, beach ball. Uh, I have been a part. I've been a part of enough shows where a Mexican wave gets started, and people will join in on a Mexican wave regardless of what actually is. I and mean, they might be really into it, but as soon as a Mexican wave comes around you ha- you, you It's a Pavlovian yeah. respect your response. You have to it's, respond. It's not it.
1: mentality. Yeah. So
2: it's the same with the beach ball. So yeah. even those people who were really into the match and like they might have been like really they wanted to see the cruise race. They wanted to see Grand Metalik do his do his big flippity doos. Hmm. Really really into it. As soon as the Mexican Wave comes around, you stand up, all of a sudden you're now part of the problem. So your argument that and I think that's a, a generalization mm. of just like everyone's bored, which I don't agree with. I just think that the beach balls are disrespectful. I think it's people just trying to get themselves over. It. It's the same with the um not all, but some of the NXT crowds who aren't there to watch the wrestling, they're just there to do chance. Mm. And that doesn't help people get over, and that doesn't help people come across well on television. And it's why we don't have any stars. I don't know. That's a big leap. That, and is, d- not, d- that d- is not d- why d- we don't d- have d- any stars. Well, no. And bad booking is why we don't bad have any stars. Bad bookings <laughs> is so fundamentally <laughs> well, I, I, well, I the know, problem. I know. I was a very, very general statement. Yeah, well, don't make those <laughs> statements in an argument then. Well, OK. But in particular in NXT, there are people who can't get over... Hmm. And that's because I think there are people there who aren't there to try and help people get over; they're just there to do their chance, and that doesn't help anyone.
1: See the the other side of this, and I might get a bit of flack, Is is this idea that everyone needs to be respected, and it that should and, get you flak? Yeah, well, it's it's like sure, the beach balls are disrespectful to the performers, but also, at the same time, the idea to put a pedestal on people who are wrestling, and it is an amazing thing that they do. It, it that. No, no other things have that mindset. Like, I guess theatre would. Like, you wouldn't start a beach ball in in a play. Do start one at football shows. Hmm? You don't start them at football shows. But yes, you do. Mexican waves. Mexican waves. If if a if a football team and I, you know, I'm, I'm not really the best guy to talk about soccer matches, football matches, but I have been to a few, and. Uh, I did, Queens Park Rangers game was the one I went to last, and it was it was a dire show. So the crowd started making their own fan uh, fun. We were just chanting at West Brom fans who were we weren't paying attention to the match mm-hmm. for a good fifty minutes. Uh, what what? How is that any different? Why should we respect the people? Well, playing Well, I mean, okay, uh,
2: but the other side of that is that perhaps what you did was disrespectful.
1: Yes, I yes, it, I suppose it is, but I don't think there's anything like sometimes. <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's an odd one to, to justify. Uh, it, is, it is. I, I can you see, you see where, I, where I'm coming. I from. do
2: see where you're coming from. But do you see where I'm coming from? Yes.
1: Well, that's all well, right. Well, I then. agree yeah. that it's
2: disrespectful. Yeah. But I also. But and and I agree with you.
1: I think the onus is on. It's it's a two onus way. Yes. But uh, okay. So. Isn't that bizarre?
2: that the actual answer lies in the middle of two conflicting <laughs> viewpoints. Well, that's fine. And isn't it weird how people can have two different viewpoints but still agree on, oh on, on some of their points? Let's yeah. move on because this is ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like King Ross needs to come on now. The end is nigh, the end is nigh. Yeah,
1: so uh, the, the stuff we missed out there was the, the, the eight-man cruiserweight tag, yep. which, yeah, Gran Metalik had a phenomenal show in it. Yep, he, really he did all
2: of his flippity It was great. Uh, but,
1: yeah, the, it was, again, that was the first beach ball. And it's an eight-man tag for a load of people you've been given no reason to care about. Mm, And
2: it comes in just as you're approaching the third hour of Raw. As I'm saying, I I guarantee you that person who started the beach ball in a year's time was saying, like, they just don't post the cruiserweights. (laughs) And that's because, mate, uh, backstage they'll be like, they're throwing the beach ball around the cruiserweights, they're just not into them. And in the main event, I guarantee you it won't be Cena and Roman that get uh, blamed for the beach ball. It'll be bloody Samoa Joe and The Miz. But again,
1: it's like—is that the fans' fault or is that WWE's completely closed minded
2: uh, way well, of doing it? Oh, it's completely their, their closed minded way mm. uh, of doing it. But like, if you know that that's their closed minded way, don't play into that. It's, think, it's that thing yeah. like people will say like, "Don't boo! Like, you shouldn't boo Roman Reigns because booing booing Roman Reigns will get him pushed more. What will kill Roman Reigns' push is silence. Mm. So WWE, like, if you know that's the mindset, don't boo him." Um, and if we all knew that mindset, or if all, if the entire WWE universe yeah. had that mindset, then they wouldn't boo him, there'd just be silence, and then he wouldn't get his push anymore. Mm. So so we all do know that there is that closed minded um, aspect to it, but yet we still play into it. Mm.
1: And another another part, this will be the last thing I say at least on the beach ball thing, is for a profession that relies so heavily on mob mentality, like the the mob mentality comes with a... A flip side of negativity. So to you can't have your what is, is cookie the both ways. You can't have you creamy both both ways. You can't have you cake and eat it.
2: <laughs> Which I think is the daftest phrase in the world. Because if you've got a cake, what gonna, else you going to eat? What it. else are you going to do with it? Look at it. So daft phrase aside, uh, that's essentially what I'm talking about
1: here. If you want to exploit the xenophobic reactions of crowd mentality to get a uh, heels heat, if you want uh, people to cheer John Cena because of the the. The weird mob mentality of a huge group of people that the sort of the excitement spreads a lot quicker then you can't really get angry when the mob gets bored like a baby that's essentially what a, a mob is a crowd an audience it's just a baby that we don't really know what we want and that we're gonna cheer now and we're gonna boo But you don't get angry at the baby because it's a baby. You you should be angry at the parents, which are WWE. That's my analogy. Sorry it started off with a crappy cake pun. I'm excited (laughs) about Bake Off coming back. What
2: can I say? You're the only one.
1: Um, so uh, in in the middle of all of this we had Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins with their first oh it wasn't a title defence no but their first post SummerSlam tag match which was against the Hardy Boys certainly was which and was a nice
2: little match it was great because when uh, uh, Death came out to, uh, to cut their such promo such a good name <laughs> when they came out to cut their promo everyone was uh, everyone knew the Hardys were coming out And it was lots of delete, 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 which was really good because it it built up the anticipation then of the Hardys eventually coming out to a great pop, Mm. which I really enjoyed. It was a shame because this is a
1: I think this is a great feud you could have, but uh, it was it was kind of over and done with poor old Hardys without their broken gimmick. They, they have the, just become a nostalgia. They're the Dudleys. And it's gone now. So they're being used to enhance future talent. So, I mean, in an ideal world, I would have liked to have seen Shamaro run down, possibly cause uh, a no finish, and then you can keep all that, that three way going. Because what a three way that would be. Yeah, having no great. mercy. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then it, it avoids the problem of just having Death versus Shamaro again. Yeah. Uh, the, the one thing that really bugged me in this, although it was a, spe- a really good match, I really like the way you're essentially telling. Who has the better brother relationship, the Hardys, yes. who were born together and have this whole thing against these former brothers who fell out but are now back together? Yeah, they, th- there were lots of timing spots that were really nice, but just before the match happened, Jeff was like, "Let's have a match," and terrible impression. I was going to say, "You're
2: going to do a proper Jeff Hardy voice." Nah, you want to do it?
1: <laughs> Let's have a match, man. Cool. And Seth Rollins said, in a really obviously scripted line, "Are you serious?" We used to idolise you as kids.
2: This is WWE thing. And they do it with Sasha and they do it with Bayley as well, which is just like, hey, they grew up as fans. WWE meant so much to them as kids. And now they are living out their dreams. They're not the best, but they're living out Mm. their dreams. And they really like that. That's why they always have Bailey read out that letter she wrote to, to Lita. Yes. It was on the um uh, the Bracketology May Young Classic Show that they did. They had uh, Lita was talking about um uh, one of the girls in the competition who used to go to her autograph signings, and they showed a picture of this young girl, and it'd be like, and now she's living a- she's she's living her dream. Mm. Stuff so to going like, look how good we are, giving people their dreams. Yeah. And so it's, lines like this are, are playing into that. I I wasn't
1: a fan of it. I thought I thought Seth Rollins should have said something like we used to idolize you when we were growing up that was 15 years ago yes that's you know, so much better yeah yeah and, and you rather
2: just be like oh my god how lucky oh are we dean we're gonna get to <laughs> face the hardest. we're in the ring with him how
1: oh, lucky are can, we wait can you sign my belt <laughs> jesus and it's not like they just came back they've been back a few fair few months ago. uh speaking of banks she came Dean's out he's tagged with them at some point hasn't he yeah probably uh Join a miz match I'm most sure definitely against the miz <laughs> yeah it was it was against the Miz Taraj.
2: yeah i thought it was something like that yeah. no there was that jason jordan
1: it's all blurred into one yeah. dean i'm pretty sure messed. dean's tagged with him at some point so sasha banks came out and she said look at me i'm a champion now alexa bliss came I out and Eddie said Guerrero. probably not for long because you've never s- successfully defended your title
2: and yeah we'll have a match next week it does make sasha banks look a bit rubbish when she's a four-time champion within the space of one year yeah, like that that's that's poor going, mate. That's that's a quarter of Ric Flair's overall title wins. That's well, Kevin Owens is going to be a twenty-time
1: champion, <laughs> I reckon. oh he can't, no, he can't challenge for the belt. Yeah, yes. Uh, and then the only other match on here was uh, Finn Balor beating Jason Jordan. And that's when the zombie beach ball came out, the yeah. one that Cesaro had killed the previous night.
2: And uh, I thought this was a really good showing for uh, Jason Jordan here.
1: Yeah, it was. It's a shame the crowd were not into it in the slightest. Yeah, guys, so I wonder why that was. Uh, the, but I, I think this is definitely the right direction to take Jordan, get him out of that intercontinental title feud with The Miz, because that's way too fast, way too soon. And take a similar Chad Gable route where you have him go up against mm-hmm. these main event level talents
2: but lose yes and, but valiantly lose they slightly altered his music as well it's still I noticed that yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. rubbish Yeah. have you noticed the Usos new music yet yes Yes. It's cool That's and and the the, the main event uh, oh god we didn't so talk about the main event have we? we kind of did we with the beach did, ball yeah. stuff
1: but the finish was Roman Reigns accidentally Superman punched Cena the
2: goofiest move in the world yeah he really overused it at the moment well, I, well I, it's fine if you use it just don't do that every time because it just looks ridiculous the <laughs> Uh say so. <laughs> this gift going around that I absolutely love of Roman Reigns. And it's it's that stuff like, no it's stuff like Roman stuff like this from Roman Reigns. I want to like him more than mm. I do. And I do like Roman Reigns, but I just think he's he's his push is bad and I think he does goofy stuff in the ring. But he's literally just staring at his, his face do this, Just like Shining up. Nice. Shining shining up nice and then just and then puts it into his pocket like it's a gun. <laughs> And it was—I was like, cool. Oh, mate, do like show some personality in the yeah. ring. Do more stuff like that. Uh,
1: but uh, Reigns accidentally punched Cena. Cena was out, and it, it looked like Miz was going to get the pin here on Cena, which would have been nice for Miz after what happened the previous night. But no, Cena stood up and hit an oh, A. Of course, it's super
2: Cena. LOL.
1: Well, you know, you kind of—it's Cena's first night back on Raw.
2: So. Yeah. Okay, okay. Cool. But if you're building towards this Cena Roman match. Then, like, if the, uh, the Miz mode didn't have to. Well, Google has
1: something to say. Oops. I don't know what on earth you said that sounds like Google there. I uh, said so the Roman. The Roman? How?
2: You usually have to say an activation thing. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> anyway, point I was making. They can't was, help us. Point I was making was that um, uh, Roman. If they had to build it towards this Roman Cena match. It wouldn't have hurt Cena the most if Roman had hit him the Superman punch and then Miz just didn't have to hit his finisher, just went in and pinned Cena. Mm. So Roman actually beats Cena. Miz didn't pin him. Yeah. And then Cena can be like, "Of one Superman punch. one though. Superman punch. And then Cena can be like, you know, dude, you made me lose. Mm. Like, that, we could have had that tag match one, but you hit me. Well, and, I don't know, build a storyline rather than just being like, oh, we sort of hit him, but sorry, right, LOL, Cena won anyway, it's fine. What I did appreciate afterwards when Roman and Cena were
1: celebrating in the ring, they showed a replay of the Superman punch spot on the Titan Tron and it cut back to the ring and Cena looked at it and sort of went, fair play, it was an accident, to Roman. Which was nice because you're like, dude, guys, you can see the stuff on the screen as well. Yeah,
2: but also, I mean, we don't want to build a story out of this or anything, do we? <sighs>
1: So, which show was better, SmackDown or Raw, Luke Owen? Uh, uh I think
2: recapping it, I'm actually going to go SmackDown this. Oh week. yeah, without a doubt, I, I much preferred SmackDown. Yeah, I think I, I, I don't think SmackDown was like a, a brilliant show, but um, I, it was a very tight two hours. It flew by, mm. um, and yeah, I, I liked most of everything that was on there. Yeah,
1: compared to six-hour SummerSlam, three-hour Raw, <laughs> this felt like, a, like a one-hour NXT. Yeah, it was great. It? Yeah. you have it what a show it was Raw and Smackdown yeah and Smackdown 1 that's unequivocal do we ever disagree no I think we have once
2: once once upon a time oh I think it was the July 4th show that's right where you really hated on it yeah I think I did a little bit so I went Raw almost out of spite Um, but yeah I I thought it was a good show Uh, I thought the beach ball discussion was very good Um, particularly because you and I had such not so much opposing views but um, I thought we had very good views uh, from both sides of the camp
1: and, and who was more right? Well, we'll find out in the YouTube we'll comments tomorrow. Uh, so let's get into some iTunes reviews. Dr. Kenneth Noisewater has said, great insight. Ollie and Duke are great who? as a duo. What did I say? Duke. Duke. <laughs> the Duke. That could be your wrestling character. The Duke, Luke Owen. Duke, no, just Duke Luke. Duke. <laughs> a really difficult name to say. Duke Luke. God, that's a bit
2: yeah. of Yeah, I have to be a manager. Though. Like, I couldn't yeah. be an in-ring performer.
1: Ollie and Ollie and Duke Luke are great as a duo. They're entertaining and well suited for each other's style of presentation. Favorite wrestling podcast for sure. Thanks. Woo! Cheers, Dr. <laughs> Kenneth Noisewater. Again, a lot of people's names sound like gimmicks.
2: I feel like Kenneth Noisewater is a gimmick name, though, from something else.
1: Noisewater.
2: I feel like that is like it's a joke name from something. Ah oh, man, you or don't want to be get to...
1: saying that if that's his real name. Well no. If it comes no, no. from a,
2: a proud history and lineage of noise waters. Of making really noisy waters. Yeah. And no, I I'm pretty sure it is a name from a comedy film. Okay. I think so. I'll have to Google that. If I'm wrong, then I apologise, Kenneth Noisewater.
1: This one, I'm pretty sure, is a Pokemon reference. Comes from Magic's Yeah, Magikarp, that's it, yeah. Yeah, um, but there's an S. There is an S there. in there, but Mag- I'm pretty
2: sure Magic I mean I I didn't play Pokemon, but I'm pretty sure Magikarp. Magic Carp
1: is, 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 is the a, useless one. He's the one that Flounders, but then he turns into I oh, Radder's got a big blue dragon thing. okay. You were a bit of a Pokedork, weren't I you? loved
2: Pokemon. I was just a bit too old for it when it came out.
1: That didn't stop you with anything else. Like what? Like
2: All of the stuff. (laughs) All of the nerd stuff. That's not true at all. Like all the stuff that I all the stuff that I was really into and I'm still into in today, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the stuff that I was into when I was a point. But like with Pokemon like I was in year eight at school. And then all the year sevens were into Pokemon, so like you didn't want to be into Pokemon as well because that's what the dorky year sevens were into.
1: What, what do you say? I wasn't your, into Harry
2: Potter either. What do you say? Your
1: tastes and hobbies just stopped at year seven, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you've just found
2: reboots and sequels yeah, from them since. Pretty much, yeah. Because I still play uh, Mega Drive. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is probably one of my favorite shows on on TV because the the 2013 2012 series is just it's so good. It's amazing. Um, yeah, so I suppose maybe it is. I still love Sonic the Hedgehog. I think mm. he's great. Well, I think my musical taste stopped in 2000. Oh God, what no? 100. My musical taste. I stopped listening to bands in 2001. Mm. Um, Clutch is about the only band that I've got into uh, post uh, 2001, and even then they were a band that were actually around like when I was uh, in my youth.
1: Well, anyway, from Magiscarp, it could be pronounced Mag is Carp. There's a stray S in here is what's confusing us. Anyway, they say support five stars. Who is Byron Saxton? Great Balls of Fire is an annual pay-per-view. Daniel Bryan gives zero F-words. Hashtag SWAFT. Hashtag Luke. That's not a hashtag. Oh, no, no, it's just a normal one. Hashtag SWAFT. Luke and Wanda Ollie, Ollie, thanks for clearing that up, are the best. Support Wrestle Talk, subscribe, you won't regret it. Woo woo! <laughs> Cheers, Madge is Cup. Thank you, Madge is Cup. That's Cop. all we've got time for today, so please go and
2: write a five star review of us, or a three star, but. Don't write anything less. Are, are there actually, like, anything other than five-star reviews on iTunes? I just don't think that anyone goes onto iTunes and, and, like, if they if I don't like a podcast, I just don't listen to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I, I feel like. It's very like, self-selective, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I feel like the only uh, reviews that go up on iTunes are positive
1: ones. I think if we were to. Or too, they're, like, one-star reviews. Or if people were listening to us and then we were to just suddenly start being unexplainably racist. <laughs> I think a lot of people would start being like. Well, this podcast <laughs> took a bad turn. It took a dark twist. Yeah, and quite rightfully... Uh, rightfully but, but so. star reviews. Yeah, now. totally. So, but yes, please do write a,
2: a review of us, and we'll give you a cheap pop by reading it out on the no, podcast. I just so you actually the person whose review's coming next has got an amazing username. Ah. Should we just do it now? Oh, let's do it now, because that's too good.
1: Unicorn on the cob! That's... Unicorn on the cob! That is brilliant. Right's awesome show, 5 stars. As soon as I discovered their show on YouTube, I was an instant fan. Now in podcast format on iTunes, how awesome is that? Oli Davis and Luco in are brilliant, and the show has professional grade production. I could listen to these guys all day. Maybe they should make a comic book podcast. Hint hint. Wink wink. Nudge nudge. Say no more. Say no more.
2: Whoa. I mean, you, reference. you get so much more clappage yeah, yeah. for that Such that like, is good just keep going just a, keep oh,
1: going. oh it's, it's a sustained pop that's oh. getting louder oh, 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 oh unicorn on, on the, the cob corn on, 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 on the go cob corn on, on, on the, the cob corn on, on the go cob corn on, on the cob we'll see you next week love you bye Wednesday Thursday Saturday